Third hour, Darren, Donick, and Chase on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a good day. Darren McFarland, Chase McKay, Mitch Light from Athlon Sports, Vanderbilt sideline reporter on the football side. Mitch, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Doing awesome. That is a very large coffee beverage, Chase. Yeah, well. I, I didn't know they made them that large. I need caffeine. Every day. Caffeine. This is not the, this is not a morning show. Just want to let you know it's no, ten know. to tw- ten to two, right? I, no, I know. Okay, I'm just gets me going. I'm always worried about your well being. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, I went to the gym yesterday. I'm on a gym. I saw that now. you brought the wrong clothes. I did. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. I pulled a Nick Kale when I was packing my gym bag yesterday morning, and I was just like grabbing. You know, I just done laundry and I was grabbing like everything. And I grabbed shorts, threw them in there, and then I got to the gym and I realized I grabbed my swim trunks instead of my my gym shorts. So I worked out in swim trunks. Okay. <laughs> we should probably move on. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to leave that one alone. Clearly it worked. You look fantastic Thank today. you. Thank you. Uh, something that didn't work was in Tallahassee. Segway. Willie Taggart, we talked about it. The AD a couple weeks ago said, ah, if Willie Taggart got hit by a bus or a train or whatever he or said. thrown under a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Or that. Uh, we wouldn't even consider Urban Meyer. Well, they've got an opening. There's a lot of things out there swirling. Stoops brothers are on the list, Bob or Mark. I've also seen PJ Fleck. Um, what else did I? Who was the other? Oh, uh, Josh Heupel. This is kind of the early Lane, list. Lane I've Kiffin seen. is probably interested. Yeah, yeah. So, well, he's always interested. Wonder who I would hire? Yeah, that's where I'm going with this. So, what, what do you think? Let me ask you first. Who were Because we said earlier in the show we were going to ask you, what's the lay of the land in Tallahassee? Because we know why Jimbo left. I, I don't go on their campus. Have they been building stuff? Have they taken it, this more it, seriously? It's a, it's a complicated job, and it's a complex situation. It, it's not really – it obviously has a lot of positives. They've won three national championships there in the state of Florida. They've had tremendous success. It is not – what a lot of – you know, I think your average college football fan might not understand. It is not a school with generational wealth. It is. It was a teacher's college, a female teacher's college for a long time. I'm not sure exactly what time uh, they went co-ed. But if you know college football history, they were nothing until Bobby Bowden got there right. in the 70s. And so they don't have, like, University of Florida, University of Georgia, University of Tennessee, some of these other huge state schools, they don't have four generations of alumni, you know, that have just been pouring money. Yeah. Pouring money now, they obviously have enough money to buy to to cobble the seventeen million or whatever for the buyout. It's, I mean, they're not crying poor, but their facilities have never been on par with the teams they recruit against. And there's a weird power structure there, which I think they've taken some steps to to simplify. But as far as the booster club and the athletic director and the reporting structure, again, I, you could Google it and read more about it. But it's always been sort of an issue they were fortunate that they had Bobby Bowden in place for 20 something years or however long it was so it was never really an issue I know he flirted with Alabama and probably would have gone to Alabama at one point in his career uh, and if you watch the documentary on him on, on ESPN recently it was, it was fascinating basically he's like I don't inter- I'm not interviewing for the job and they wanted to interview him he said no I'll go back to Florida State um, so they haven't had to make many hires and then they bring Jimbo Fisher in as a head coach in waiting so really Willie Taggart's the only time since the 70s that they've had to go out and quote-unquote interview and, and seek candidates and, and make a match there. So so they seemed a little rusty, with that being said. M- maybe that is accurate. Um, so, you know, and then the whole Willie Taggart, Florida State's a complicated situation, and Willie Taggart's a, a comp- complex situation because he had a losing record. 
That's one you can just say that he had a losing record. Why would you hire? Well, then you dive a little deeper. You took over a Western Kentucky team that needed to be rebuilt. Took over a South Florida team that needed to be rebuilt. His only year at Oregon, they were coming off a losing record, and Justin Herbert, his quarterback, was hurt. I get that. I would usually subscribe if I'm a school to that. I'm not hiring a coach with a losing record. Let's look at Chad Morris. You, you all right, Arkansas? They hired him. He had a losing record at SMU. You could easily excuse that away with. Well, June Jones left it. It was a dumpster fire. They got better every year. You, then you would counter, well, I, I want a coach who's ta- who walked into bad situations and won immediately. James Franklin came into Vanderbilt. They'd won two games in consecutive seasons, and then they went 6-7. and seven. There's cases of coaches coming in and making a bad situation much better right away. So, you know, that, that doesn't mean a guy can't get the job done. I think there were a lot of positives when they hired Willie, Fla- Willie Taggart, and there were a lot of negatives. There were a lot of red flags when they hired him. You talk to people – kind of around the program or around the ACC and, and the, the, the organization on the sideline wasn't great. There just wasn't much leadership and, leadership and structure, which you would expect from a first-time head coach, not a guy who'd already been a head coach at three different schools. So that's surprising. Little things like, you know, I think they had to take a special team, a timeout on special teams in three straight games, like to get a punt off. They didn't have enough people on the field. So it's like when you're already struggling, that gives your, your bosses, fans, ammunition, like – how are you not more organized? Hence the words, we had no choice. Yes. so he left us no choice. So the guy I would hire? Scott Satterfield. Really? Yes. Head okay, coach but he just got it to Louisville. Yes. It's in his first year. Proven. Now, someone would counter, hey, Willie Taggart was only at Oregon one year. But Scott Satterfield did a great job at App State and then takes over Louisville program with a lot of talent, but one, one, the term dumpster fire is overused in college uh, football. That was a dumpster fire mm. last year. Fun offenses, winning, you know, turned it around quickly. Not that they're having a great year. Well, they're having a, a great year considering what they did last year. I just think he's a really sound coach, really solid. And I don't know, would he leave Louisville after one year? My guess is, yeah, he would for Florida State. So, I mean, there's a lot of names out there. You know, you guys have been on the air. Bob Stoops is refuting everything. He's yeah. like, I was at a casino yesterday. I haven't talked to anyone. <laughs> Mark, St- Mark, I was just at that casino, actually. So, it's a nice so, casino. <laughs> Chase, are you? Did you interview for the job? Uh, can neither confirm nor deny that. Okay, uh, Mark's Mike Mark Stoops is an interesting candidate. Florida State ties. Kentucky hired him away. He falls under my, under my don't hire a coach with a losing record. He has an overall losing record. But then you look what he's done in Kentucky. Was it three straight years with five hundred or better records in the SEC? Unprecedented at, at Kentucky. He's done a good job recruiting. Done a good job recruiting. Recruits Ohio well. Recruits Florida well. Uh, solid coach. He's a, he's a high floor coach, which you, you, you kind of know what you're getting. Is he a high ceiling coach? We, we don't know. At Kentucky, you know, he had that breakthrough season last year. Not going to sustain that every year, but you think he's a, a very solid coach. Um, I don't think they would hire a, a coordinator, but if they did, Brent Venables at Clemson seems to make a lot of sense. But do you hire a, your rival's coordinator? That's That's a little... Mm. tricky than uh you know mike norvell at memphis is a guy mike leach now that's an interesting name yeah norvell is interesting too for several reasons because if arkansas opens up he's from arkansas or he went to college in arkansas i think he's an arkansas native too um or uh, mike leach kind uh, of a, a weird fit a little bit you know yeah. weird's a good word yeah weird guy weird <laughs> fit to me mike leach is is good at the Texas Techs, the Washington States of the world. Now, he might have done a great job if Tennessee hired him. but So mad we I, got I, robbed of that. I don't know if he is a 
a guy who would really would want to swim that. in the in the waters yeah. of, of Florida State with the scrutiny because he he not only is he kind of a strange guy, he does some weird things that politically that don't you know that that, that don't aren't consistent with the mission of a lot of universities, put it that way. So that that would be interesting. Uh, P.J. Fleck, speaking of shtick, has a shtick in, in that, where, that, that plays well. Does it play well for 10 years? I don't know. It might play well for three or four years. He's done a good job at Minnesota. I don't subscribe to any James Franklin theories. No way he would leave Penn State for Florida State. Now, Penn State for USC is a different uh, animal, but Florida State has a lot of similarities, similarities to Penn State, but a lot of the negatives, like Penn State has better leadership, better – I talked about generational fans and wealth. They've got all that where Florida State doesn't. I think Penn State's a better job right now than Florida State. What about Heupel at UCF? No, nah, I don't – you know, he inherited a great situation from Scott Frost. I mean, he's done a good job. You don't win, you don't win as many games as he's done and, and not be a, a competent CEO. But to me, I, I don't – I'd be a little scared away by a guy who walked into a great situation and just sustained for a year and a half. I want to see something – something longer term you brought up a good point look florida state for whatever we think they're still willing to pay over 17 million dollars for him to go away that that is a huge investment and oh by the way a staff and then hires a new staff i guess the question i have before we move on is are they willing to just pay whatever i think so are they just just to get their guy i think you have to if you're florida state and you make this move um because this is what I brought up earlier. They, they have to be real careful because we've seen what happens whenever big schools, big boy football schools, keep missing with hires. With a pedigree. Right. And it can go downhill in a hurry, right? You don't want to miss again. Like, this is bad, but it's quick. So you have a chance to move on from this pretty quick, right? You didn't drag this out for three, four, even five years where – Nobody's right. been talking about the program. It was one and a half, and they, they're moving on. But you you need to get the next one right because if you miss again, then you're getting in a pattern of nobody's talking about our program, and they're kind of they're not relevant anymore. I mean, you know, close to home. I mean, Knoxville, we've right. seen this. So, and that, that's fair. I think the general feeling is though it's Florida State. So many players there. Snap your fingers, get the right guy, and that's probably true. But every year that, like you said, Darren, every year that you're not good, you slip further back. And, you know, Florida and Miami are in-state schools, obviously. You know, you don't think Georgia, Auburn, and Alabama, aren't, it's Clemson aren't recruiting in Florida. It's not like there's just the big three in Florida right. and they divvy up the best players. If Clemson wants a guy, they're going to go down and get him. Georgia wants a guy, they're going to they're gonna be a major player in there. So it's not just to snap your fingers, we're Florida State, we're going to bring in a, a great class. You know who's very happy about this? Dan Mullen. I bet. Yeah. Because the whole, when, when Mullen and Taggart were hired, I think the general feeling was that Mullen was a better X's and O's coach. Taggart was a better recruiter. And Taggart was going to maybe out-recruit Mullen, but now that Taggart's not there, you know, I think that will, be a, that will bolst Florida's recruiting. What also will help Florida's recruiting is the fact that they've turned it around pretty quickly and, and they appear to be on the right path. Let's touch on – you brought up Arkansas now – Let's say this yet again. That's it's early, but it looks really, really bad. Mitch, they're playing Western Kentucky, and our signal goes into Bowling Green. Okay, and I don't want to disrespect. I think Tyson Hilton's had a nice first season for them. Okay, very much so. They are a two and a half point favorite at home over Western Kentucky. This is an SEC school at home against a Conference USA team, and they're two and a half point favorite. That's how far this thing has fallen. 
for Arkansas. They just got destroyed by an average Mississippi State team. They're horrible. How, you know what concerned me last and year? So I Go guess ahead. I was just going to say we know that his system is different than the previous coach, and it's going to take time to flush out those kids to get exactly what he wants. But I guess the question is, if you're in the SEC and you've got a rabid fan base like Arkansas that wants to be swimming with everybody else in the in the deep end because that's what they believe in, that, that you can win nine, ten games a year, whether it's realistic or not, how long are they willing to keep enduring this? They, they've been now awful for what? If you look at the, the last three years, Arkansas, you could make a case as one of the worst teams in the country. They haven't won an SEC home game since November of 2016. One thing that concerned me last year is at the end of the year with a new staff, their last two games, they lost 52-6 to to Mississippi State and 38 nothing to Missouri. Uh, you know, I know there's injuries. It's, it's cold. You've had a bad season. You can excuse away things. But that's not really what you want to see from a, the buy-in with a first-year coach. Then they bring in two grad transfers, Ben Hicks from SMU, who played for Chad Morris at SMU and um, the, the Texas, A, Texas A&M transfer. John, yeah, Nick Starkle. John, uh, and neither of them have worked out. They're getting benched. Jerry Jones' grandson is starting as a true freshman this week. So this whole season you've, you've failed to develop a quarterback. Like if, if you've developed your quarterback, it looks like you're showing signs of progress. They have some good young receivers. they got a kid here from Murfreesboro with Trey Knox, I believe, a true freshman, talented guy. But you brought in some grad transfers for a quick fix, and that didn't work. That's one of the downsides of the uh, the grad transfer. If it doesn't work, you're kind of you're, you're screwed. You're like, okay, that guy's gone. I, Starkle has another year of eligibility, but they uh, it looks like they're moving on. So I don't see them making a big jump next year. I think he will be back. The athletic director Hunter Yurichek was hired right after him, I believe, so did not hire him. I. I would be again. I'd be surprised if you mildly surprised if you were fired. But they, they've got to finish the season a little bit stronger. Like you said, they have been alarmingly uncompetitive. They lose at home to Western Kentucky, then they go to LSU and they get Missouri. It could be ugly down the stretch again. Honestly, I think if they lose to Western, it could be the same thing. An, an Arkansas AD that comes out and says we had no choice, we have to. And by the way, Norvell, that's a, that's interesting. Um, because I do think I, I we talked about this yesterday. I found myself glued to that game Saturday night. I, they're a fun team to watch. Memphis yeah, is yeah. fun. That was they keep churning out skill position guys, that was running a backs. Fun game. Yeah, they they are. You know they've had some defensive defensive issues during his tenure there, uh, but they have been consistently strong. They've lost. They've they've had good quarterback play. Brady White's not great, but he's. I mean, he, they, they're productive offense. So. Yeah, Mike Norvell should be a, a big-time candidate at, well, at Arkansas if they do make a move. And I think Luke Fickle, out of that same conference with Cincinnati, he's probably going to be mentioned for some of these jobs too. Yes, not to get way too ahead. I had someone on Twitter point out to me that if uh, if Mark Stoops got the job at uh, Florida State, Luke Fickle would be a perfect candidate at Kentucky. Hmm. Does, which, that, does that interest you? Which Cincinnati had to come back. They were trailing basically the whole game to East Carolina. Yeah, that's their one hiccup this year. I mean, obviously they got, blown by, they got blown out by Ohio State. Ohio State pounded them, but they beat UCF. They've had a really good season. Yeah. All right, we'll come back more with Mitch Light. Athlon Sports on the other side. Darren, Donnick, and Chase, ESPN 102.5 The Game. We're back. Darren, Donnick, and Chase, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Chase McCabe, Darren McFarlane, Mitch Light of Athlon Sports. Hanging out with us, talking all things college football. So... 
Tonight is the first college football playoff ranking. We will, uh, you know, get that mystery unveiled. For me, it's you know, I, I think it's it's pretty much self-explanatory. Um, what so LSU one, Ohio State two, Alabama three, Clemson four. That's kind of how I have it. I think that will be the case. Uh, there's there's a rational argument for Ohio State one, but I think the way the committee works, LSU with its better wins will be ranked ahead of um, Ohio State. Alabama and Clemson to me are both in the category. They're awesome. They're proven, but they're just their resumes are lacking compared to the other two teams right now. Obviously, if Alabama beats LSU this week, they they could vault from th- three to one, and if LSU wins. They'll, they'll no matter what they're ranked today, they'll be ranked number one next week. Now, the thing that I always look at this time of year because it doesn't matter because there's so many more games left to be played. I like paying attention to who's five and six, who's who's knocking on the door of getting into that top four. Penn State, Georgia, probably. Well, Penn State will be five. I think the fact that they're undefeated. They've got some decent wins. You know, Michigan at home is a pretty good win. They beat Pitt, who's, you know, okay, they won at Iowa. They don't have great wins. They've got solid wins. To me, the interesting is the one the interesting placement would be the one-loss teams. Will Georgia be ranked ahead of the one-loss Pac-12 teams? You know, you have Utah and Oregon, one loss each. I think or, uh, Oregon will get the nod over Utah. They, I think Utah's a better team right now, but I think Oregon has a better resume, so I think Oregon will be ranked ahead of them. What about one-loss Oklahoma? At Kansas State, which is not a bad, it ends up going to be that's go, not going to be a bad loss at the end of the season. So I, I think that's where it's going to be interesting. I think Georgia will end up being six. I think it'll be Penn State five, Georgia sixth, Oregon seven, then maybe Oklahoma, Utah, and then what do you what do you do with Baylor and Minnesota? Yeah, right. the, the two undefeated teams. Now Minnesota has a chance this week. They play Penn State. Minnesota has a they could change a lot of things. Yeah, they've had a soft. Their resume is not great. Their first three games against not great opponents were one-score games. They were losing at the six-minute mark of all three games, and they won. And then they played the, 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 the bottom four or five teams in the Big Ten since. So they will have an opportunity going forward to prove themselves. If they win this game, they will, ju- they will no doubt jump into the top ten. Baylor just needs to keep winning. If, you're, if they go undefeated, if they get to – if they – they went out. They'll be in the college football playoff. I think I, just the way the way it works out. There's 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 going to be some teams that lose, but I understand why they they might not be ranked higher than ten, eleven, twelve tonight. I'm going to ask you the same question that Nick Kale asked Braden Gall this morning on on Morning Drive. If LSU wins this weekend, and it's it's close, it's down to the last drive, and it's a no. Alabama one, will not make the college football playoff. That's, they don't, you they really don't, believe that? if they do not win the if they lose to LSU close and they don't win the division. Okay, nothing happens in a vacuum. We, you know, I've just mentioned Oklahoma, these Pac-12 schools, but I, I, I would not want to be Alabama with one loss. Who would their why? Who, who would their wins be against Auburn? They, they've been in this predicament before. They, they and better win. They better non-conference. They win the, they win the national championship. But it doesn't. They, they, those previous years, they've had better non-conference wins, and the landscape might be different. Like the, the, this year, there appear to be more worthy teams. Like last year. You know, you had to kind of scratch and claw for that fourth team and ended up being Notre Dame. I don't fault Notre Dame for getting blown out. I think a lot of teams would have, would have gotten blown out. But I think this year, at least at this point of the season, there's more really, really good teams. So I'm just saying, I, I, I think Alabama would be in a bad spot if they lose this game and don't win the division. But isn't the I, whole... I, don't, I don't think it's, oh, it's Alabama. They're, they're going to make the well, playoff. I don't subscribe to I that. I don't disagree with you that the body of work may not be as impressive, but 
But as we've talked about, these are human beings. But they, they rank on this year. I don't, I don't care. You, I mean, you the, can't you, tell me you that can, the past does not factor in. It, it, it shouldn't. Because Alabama has not burned them once. Even when everybody thought there were certain times when, oh, you could have left them out, they never burn them. They, they, they're in there, and they're always but the, the, Those Alabama the teams didn't give up 31 points, 28 points. You know, this defense isn't as good. It's not the same Alabama team. They are a top-four team. I'm not taking shots at Alabama, but yeah, you, you got to say their defense is – they've had injuries. They've got a lot of true freshmen there. They are elite offensively. They're good, not great on defense, and if they lose this game, their best win will be over Auburn. What if Auburn goes 8-4? and four? Their best win over an eight and four Auburn team, and you're you know. But I still think I still think you have the, the job of the committee is to look at it and to put the best four teams in the playoff. And even if Alabama has a loss to LSU, albeit a close one, it's a loss is a loss in this case. You can't sit there and tell me that you think okay. Baylor or Penn State, no matter what their record is, is better than Alabama. Well, those are two different teams. Uh, Penn State is close to being. Penn State's in the discussion. Baylor is a nice team, even if they go twelve and zero. I mean, okay, I, Georgia. I don't want to contradict a one-loss myself. Georgia team and a one-loss Alabama team. If it comes down to those, Georgia two, would have better wins. But but a one-loss Georgia is not going to be in that predicament because they're going to be in the SEC championship game. What, so they're, they're either a- going to win it, they're either going to win the SEC championship, and they will be in the college football playoff, or they'll lose and they'll have two losses and they won't be. So their loss would be to the number one team in the land. Okay, what what impressive win does Clemson have? What what have they done to be impressive? But under this scenario, Clemson's going to be undefeated. They they write it and beat and no what? one that's ever been right that's ranked. I mean, will they have so you, you, you honestly well, you talk about the not letting the committee down. When's Clemson let the committee down? They've been better than Alabama in recent years. So under, I understand. Under that, under that theory, there's no way I understand. That you would take a one loss Alabama. But over I'm Clemson. just saying the body of work. Your one hiccup is against the number one team in the land. And Clemson have they are they going to play a ranked team this season? I guess if you are you counting Wake Forest? Well, Wake Forest will be ranked. I mean, I mean, who's to say Wake I mean, Forest Texas is that much A&M better than Auburn? ranked when they played him. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm just who, – who's this – I mean, do I think Auburn's better than Wake Forest? Yes, I do. But who's to say that we know that? I mean, Wake Forest has had a good season. I don't think the ACC is very good. I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, uh, say, say Clemson's got a difficult schedule. I just – there's – under no scenario will a one-loss Alabama that doesn't win its division go over an undefeated Clemson. There's just no chance. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Hmm. You, so okay, so on that along those lines, when and we've talked about this before with you of when you get into the whole should they expand conversation, this is one of those years that's going to help that move that process along. Yeah, if there are really good teams and deserving teams that that don't make it, and the discussion grows about you know teams getting left out, that that's what what creates change. You know, right. is for years and years, fans complaining about the BCS, only two teams, and then they would say, we're never changing, we're never changing, and then there's a press release one day that says, we're changing. Uh, so, yeah, I, like I think last year there were, some, there were some good teams that didn't make it. Now, Oklahoma losing to me, if you really want to create change, I would love to see Oklahoma go undefeated. I would like to see more. Yeah, that definitely changed things. Yeah, more, you know, more really good teams, and then you get a Georgia like, losing yeah, South you get, Carolina. Yeah, you get a team changed. like Oklahoma who's – Thirteen and zero wins the league, and they they get left out. Then you get a lot of people. To me, when you lose a game, you you lose not the right to complain, but you lose some of the right to complain. Like you know the, the Alabama argument. It, it, well, don't lose a game, and then you've got no. If you don't lose a game, then you're not going to get left out. Pretty much any major conference. 
What if the perfect storm happens? What if let's play this game? <laughs> Here we go. What if doesn't matter Alabama LSU? It doesn't matter the the winner is going to the SEC. Well, there is a difference because LSU has a better you know LSU played Florida. LSU will have a better. That's the whole like if LSU doesn't win its division, like under your scenario, I think you want Alabama to win, and then LSU is the number two team in the division because they have a better resume than Alabama. Okay, would. and then. Georgia wins the SEC championship game. They run the table, win the SEC championship game, and all three of those teams have one loss. Then what? <laughs> <laughs> that you know, under under your that scenario, I, I think it, it's only really really complicated if Alabama beats LSU this week. Because again, the LSU if LSU beats Alabama, then you then there's a scenario where Alabama, because you're basing that you, on what their rankings are going to be going into this game. Well, not really. Just at the end of the year, what it looks like. Like, like I said before, because if Alabama loses this game, then I don't think they have any really sound argument against some of the other elite teams. I think if LSU loses this game, they have a better argument than Alabama does. So, under Darren's scenario, you want. So let's let's okay, say I, Alabama wins. Well, you know, does Ohio State win out? Their, their spot, Clemson. That's that's two spots right there. What happens in the Pac-12? Um, there's no way three SEC teams. There, there are scenarios. There are doomsday, whatever you I want mean, to say, scenarios Clemson in which trips up. But how do you loses. pick the two? Let's just say it's two. How do you pick them? Does Alabama go because <laughs> they beat them? And I would think I, Alabama because they beat LSU. But I think LSU then, would be left then, out. Then I was to say, but then you but said LSU be. is the one with the better resume. And then in that case, you're taking the team that won the championship game. But LSU and Alabama. Alabama. But they, they'd have the better resume in the same situations, losing that game. They both can't lose this game this week. Uh, so Georgia not, has the worst loss by far, right? Yes. So it is interesting. I don't know what yeah. they would do, but I, I think I think LSU would be ahead of Al- – I mean, I think Alabama would be ahead of LSU in the food chain because they win the division and they beat them head-to-head. I'll make this argument. If the rankings come out tonight, LSU's one and Alabama's three and Alabama wins that game, I still have LSU in the top four when they come out next week. Probably. So you you would have in that scenario, I think, and I could almost you, you could argue a, that Alabama should be fourth or fifth, even if they lose. You could have a one loss. I, I would probably have a one loss LSU team if it's a close game ahead of a undefeated Penn State team. Because you're putting the best teams in. That's how well, this they have is a, they have better to work. wins too yeah. in their losses to a top four team. Where right. when Penn State, I want to see how they play at Minnesota. It's you know that's. This is all fun and it's confusing. Every week that yeah, I goes can tell by, there's steam coming yeah, off your head, right? Every now. week that goes by, there's less scenarios and there's more. You know, there's 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 more realistic scenarios because there's not as many uh, variables. We've done our job. We got steam yeah, we have. off Mitch Light's head, and his, looks like Willie D is in the building. Here. All right, he's back from Detroit. So we'll bring uh, Willie Donick into the mix as well. More with Mitch Light from Athlon Sports on the other side. Darren Donick. And Chase, ESPN 102.5, the game. Mitch Light, Athlon Sports in studio. Willie Donick, back from Detroit in Greektown. He's got his shirt on, so he didn't lose his shirt. He's got three Detroit. shirts on, actually. Yeah, he's layered, layered, awesome. layered up. Layered, I had to layer down. I, I, I had lots of layers prepared for different situations today, and uh, I have peeled off a couple because it's nice out today. Beautiful. Uh, um, before we get out of here, this is a tease. Before we wrap up the third hour, there's some... Pretty big NFL news that we will pass along after Mitch. And before we get out of here with this, Mitch, we also want to touch on college, you know, college basketball. It's got some big games tonight. Middle Tennessee's playing right now. The, the old yep. uh, 10 o'clock, 11, 11 a.m. start to kick off the season, beating Maryville. 
over on 94.9 Game 2. Yeah. All right. I'm sure you guys will be breaking down the Maryville roster in the next segment, strengths, weaknesses. <laughs> uh, we never, Are they in the Blue Cross Bowl this year, Maryville? I mean, oh, yeah. that's the high school. This is, this is, yeah, this is the college. Diff- diff- a little bit different. Uh, you can, were can, in- I, can I tie in Maryville into something I don't know you guys are going to talk about? What's that? What former Commodore starting quarterback was from Maryville? I know the answer. You, uh, it, and it ties into who the Commodores are playing this week in a similar game plan if there's any chance. Yes. You, well, I think Willie knows where I'm going with this. Absolutely. Pat and Robinette. Pat and oh. Robinette was a Maryville. When Vanderbilt high won at Florida, it was the week after Austin Carter Samuels tore his ACL against Georgia. They go down to Florida. Now they played a bad Florida team with Tyler Murphy at quarterback, just an awful. Who? Off, Tyler Murphy, <laughs> starting quarterback. Who? And yeah, they were. They had Vanderbilt's game plan was run, 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 run. Maybe third down, throw the ball <laughs> a few times. Like Pat Robinette made like two or three big third down plays in that game. Other than that, they just ran the ball. And Willie, I know you're 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 late to the party here. Derek Mason's having his press conference, and he said it does not look like Riley Neal yes. or Mohassan can play both in concussion protocol. So Keyshawn Vaughn Yikes. might get forty-seven carries if they have forty-seven offensive plays. He's going to get he's going to get the ball a lot. That is something they did back in the day uh, and did well with uh, Wesley Tate and Zach Stacy ran the Wildcat effectively. I don't and know. Jerron Seymour to too had a big game. I, yeah. I just I recently saw some highlights from that game. Jerron Seymour had a big game. Uh, former running back there too. So uh, they're going to have to get creative. That's for sure. Yeah. And so. this Florida team's a little bit a little bit better. A little bit better on offense and defense. But he did not say Wallace is the absolute. Starter. He said Wallace and Allen Walters. Right. I mean, they were just they were really disappointed. Walt and, and Wallace. If you saw the game, oh, it just it was just hopeless. It's not bringing much. Not bringing much to the table right now. And Allen Walters is a redshirt freshman who was pretty highly recruited. Has not really done much to impress the staff and his. His his two years on campus, he might he'll get an opportunity this week. I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. How are they having such bad struggles on offense? It was painful to watch. I, I you know Willie tweeted something out over the weekend, a rather astute observation. Willie, no, it was it was basically like the here's the Kyle Shermer appreciation thread. Sometimes you don't really appreciate what you you have. That just the quarterback play has been not good Abysmal. at all. You know, I, you can say Mohassan played well in the first half against Missouri, and other than that. They have not got good quarterback play in really any game this year, and they they have they have some talent. Obviously, Keyshawn Vaughn's an elite running back. The other two offensive weapons, for various reasons, have not had big years. The offensive line is it's been adequate in recent weeks, but hasn't been great. What can what can separate what can make your offense good with all that? A really good quarterback. And Vanderbilt had a really good quarterback last year, and they put up good numbers offensively. They're getting poor quarterback play this year. And it's just it's it's a recipe for disaster almost offensively. It, it, it was a simple tweet, but it was just a thought I had as that second half unfolded. Vanderbilt is down by seven by most, but for most of the second half, it was a shame that Riley Neal went out because he actually looked like he might have a chance. Right, I'm sure he got a lot of confidence from that yeah, drive. Yeah, nice drive, they score, he gets a concussion, and then here's Deuce Wallace, who supposedly was right in the race all summer long to be the quarterback and. I mean, it was pitiful. They they couldn't do anything. And I just thought the drop-off that we have seen, I think it was, if you go back, Kyle Shermer has has been a critical, maybe the most critical thing in Derek Mason's tenure at Vanderbilt because they were lost at quarterback before they inserted Shermer, Shermer as a true freshman. What, about two-thirds of the way through his yes. true freshman year? They wanted to redshirt him, but they were desperate. And he gave them something to hang on to. Then he really developed into a first-rate SEC quarterback, and 
I just I just did not think it would drop off this much. But right, that's, I was guilty huge. as yeah. anyone probably talking to you guys in the summer. You know, the thing that I kind of held out hope was that that even though they were losing a lot in the passing game, I thought that Neil and Wallace would bring something in the running game. That neither have done that either. You know, Wallace was supposedly a dual threat coming out of Sevierville and doesn't look like he's mobile. And Neil, you know, can can run a little bit, but he's definitely not a running. Some of that could be protection, but yeah, but it's just but they don't really do much design running plays uh, or keep on, on a, you know um, play action stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's just it's not defending the offensive staff, but it's just it ham- you're hamstrung when you're, you're getting such poor quarterback play. I also don't, just don't see much creativity in, in how they're trying to go about it. It's tough when you're shuttling different quarterbacks in there, but it, it continues to baffle me how they cannot get they – can, whatever they do, they cannot get Jared Pinckney involved. Yeah, I agree. They, they threw to him once in the first half, and Riley Neal kind of threw it at his knees. I think he was basically just throwing it away and – yeah, it's 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 been a big mystery. Twenty five point underdog to Florida, which I'm checking with with Derek Mason. Derek Mason basically announcing that he doesn't think his top two quarterbacks are playing. I'm checking the See line. How much it's, it's gone up? It, it was twenty six this morning. I mean, it won't go up in five minutes, but check tomorrow. I bet it. It's going to be close to four up. touchdowns. Yeah, I bet, I bet it twenty eight and a half or something like that. Mm. Tennessee big win over UAB. Schedule is favorable, as we know, the rest of the way. I it's mean, lining up. Who would have Lining ever thought well. after losing to Georgia State and BYU, they could finish with seven wins? I mean, that, they that's could the run impressive the table. thing. Like if you would have said before the season, they go seven and five. You say, yeah, okay, I yeah, get it. You sure. know, you can find seven wins on that schedule. But when you lose to Georgia State and BYU, Georgia State, the the, the absolute gimme, and BYU, the almost gimme. I think anybody who had them winning seven or eight games were counting those two. So they've been they've been good at home. Last few weeks, they've sort of taken care of business. They weren't dominant offensively. I I didn't see the game. It was the same time as the Vanderbilt game, but I looked at the box score. You know, they they didn't they didn't roll up 400 yards or average eight yards per play or anything like that. But they against a solid team. And thing thing about UAB, like those dudes expect to win. UAB they they've won big games and uh, you know they're used to winning. They were going to Knoxville thinking they were going to win that game. Especially they saw what you know Georgia State did and BYU. So I was really impressed. Just sort of like the way they took care of South Carolina in the second half. And then they've had their quarterback issues too. They've had their revolving door quarterback, but they've they've powered through and been a consistent offensive team of late. I think their next two games are really intriguing. They have dominated Kentucky over the years. They're thirty-one and two in their last thirty-three meetings against them. It's in Lexington. That line is basically a pick'em. Got like and Tennessee, then, and then Missouri. Okay, two road games. And what is Missouri now? I mean, that, so I, I think those are two really, really interesting games. The next two games, for I, I'm interested, interested to see what that Missouri game is too, because Missouri's been so good at home and so bad on the road. Like they will assume they lose to Georgia this week. That'll be three straight losses on the road. But they're coming back to Columbia where they're undefeated. So, and and, and if Tennessee has. I don't know how to say like any pride or whatever. You know, Missouri's embarrassed them in recent years, and you don't go to Tennessee to lose to Missouri like that. You know, they, they've run them off the field a couple times, so I think that's a big game. They're all big games at this point, but I think that's a big game for for Tennessee to take a next step. How do you see this one playing out in Lexington? I like Tennessee. I, do you? I think uh, I haven't checked yet this week. Is Sawyer Smith expected to play for Kentucky? I haven't done my my, my game research on that, but they, they are they're limited offensively. Quite honestly, I don't know if that would change right. anything. Yeah, yeah. you know, Lynn Bowden, <laughs> they might have better success there. Um, I, I like Tennessee, just like the way they're playing now. 
They played well at Alabama, but their wins have come at home. You know, Chattanooga, Mississippi State, South Alabama, UAB. Can they do it on the road? Yeah, they haven't had a road win yet. Right. So, so they, but they, they played. They played bad. They've only had wow. They've only had two road games. They played poorly at Florida. They played pretty well at Alabama. They get Kentucky and Missouri. So we'll see. But uh, definitely some opportunities there. I'm looking at their their schedule. The most amazing thing about Tennessee's schedule this year, they've actually played two games in under three hours. Which which does not really? have, which is if you go to cfbstats.com, it's the site I use for almost everything. They have the game time of every game. So yeah, the uh, they've had two games in under three hours. That's you, a victory. Yeah, you, for everyone, it's yes. a victory for mankind. It's one small step for football. Man, they need to work on that more. Trying to find a way to get the game. As a former sideline reporter, hour. you'll appreciate this. There's nothing better <laughs> than being on the field when it's like. 40 degrees and windy it's a 21 point game with two and a half minutes to go and you see the referee said official timeout (laughs) come on everybody it's 11 o'clock yeah Yeah. run the clock yeah exactly uh madison square garden tonight big two big tilts doubleheader kansas duke in the first game and then kentucky and michigan state in the nightcap uh look College basketball fan, I'll I'll check it out for sure tonight. I think I, I love that college basketball is doing this in early November. It it'll get my attention if it was Kentucky against Transylvania and Michigan State versus you know some Michigan community college. Nobody would pay attention, but this matchup, I think they'll get a lot of they'll get a lot of viewers tonight. Yeah, it's been a big topic in recent years. How does how does college basketball make a splash in the midst of this college football? you know obsession or in nfl everyone this is a good way to do it you know the last couple of years they've, they've had this champions classic where they've gotten the top four teams i think it's the same four teams two years in a row uh so it's good for the sport i think everyone most teams are it's like the official start date you know vanderbilt doesn't play till tomorrow i don't know if tennessee plays tonight or tomorrow um but yeah it, it's good and you know the the great thing about college basketball that's so different than football, we talked off the air, Kentucky, like last year, got blown out. against. They could lose by 20 tonight. Sure, people will freak out, but it really doesn't matter at all. You've got a 30-something game schedule. College football, you lose that first game. It's like the season's yeah. over. That's mm-hmm. the, it's just different mindsets between the two sports. I'm going to predict Kansas beat Stuke tonight. Okay. I, I think, you heard it first. I don't think that – I mean – it's not like you're. I don't know. I don't know what the. I have no clue who's favored. I think okay. it's not that bold. My point is, it's not that bold no, of a pick. No, it's like four top five teams. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And probably Michigan State. I would say Michigan State and Kansas are your two winners tonight. I, That's what I'm going with. Then? I could. I could be on board with that. Mitch, good to see you as always. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy the swamp. I always do. 11 a.m. start. Love That's it. Right. Mitch Light, Athlon Sports and Vanderbilt sideline reporter. Hey, Alabama and LSU in Tuscaloosa. That is the college football game of the week for sure. It is the CBS afternoon game. And if you think you're a big Alabama fan, we're going to give you a chance to win a cabin on the Crimson Tide Cruise February 10th through the 15th. It's the second annual Crimson Tide Cruise, and it'll set sail from New Orleans to Cozumel on to Mexico on board the Carnival Valor it's a national champion-worthy vacation with your favorite Alabama sports legends on board. Send us a picture through Twitter. Use the hashtag BamaCruise, hashtag BamaCruise, or you can upload a picture at thegamenashville.com. Book your cruise at crimsontidecruise.com and get $150 off with the promo code GAME. There's some NFL news out there. Back to wrap up the third hour next.